Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Kim Bond, a registered dietitian who is a certified nutrition support clinician and works with an at-home infusion service. Kim and I go way back to the beginning of my career as a registered dietitian, as she was my preceptor during my clinical rotation. She was also one of the bravest dietitians I have ever met who took a leap of her own faith into her career into neonatal intensive care with no experience and no background. She has since transitioned into at-home infusion services, which is an up-and-coming area of careers for dietitians. Please enjoy my conversation with Kim. <laughs> well, you are the you are the final missing piece to my beginning dietitian puzzle. I've interviewed everyone else, but you from Hi. my first days as a dietitian. So I'm yeah. excited to have you on. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I feel like, I mean, I, I feel like I've known you for a long time, but I don't know if we ever talked about when we worked together, like how you kind of got interested in dietetics and how, I mean, how did it even get on your radar? And then just kind of the journey that you've had through dietetics. I know part of it, but then you've had a whole other part yeah. that I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, maybe me back to when you kind of got interested in dietetics and how you kind of navigated getting into the career. Yeah. So when I started out, so I went to Iowa State my first year of college and I just started in biology because um, I really didn't, I knew kind of healthcare was what I wanted to do, but I didn't know for sure. Um, and I spent a year there just doing my general ed- education classes, started to kind of research things and looked at, I always liked to play sports in high school. So athletic training was kind of on my radar. So I decided, well, maybe I'm going to go that path. Um and just being at Iowa State, um, kind of going through all the classes and researching, I decided um, kind of looking at some other colleges that maybe had more of a specialization in that kind of a major. So um, I transferred to the University of Nebraska because they had a good program there in exercise science and got into that and got my degree first with the exercise science Um and actually got certified by the American College of Sports Medicine as a trainer. But at that time, a million years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of um, jobs out there for that. So I thought, well, why not put nutrition in there? I only had a year to go um, to be eligible to apply for an internship for my for the dietetic internship. So I thought, well, I'll just go ahead. Um, kind of worked at the college there while I took classes and then applied for an internship and got um, one through Iowa State and got placed in Omaha at Creighton. And that was kind of um, how my path got to being a dietitian there. Um, I had no idea that you did <laughs> exercise science. How did yeah. I not know this? Yeah, so that was kind of my first life. <laughs> yeah, many. I mean, like, that's crazy. And then you and I didn't know, I guess I didn't know you initially went to Iowa State, too, as yeah. the beginning of your college career. Yeah, yeah. So that was the start of it. And kind of um, UNO, UNL seemed to have a better program with the exercise science at the time. So then I transferred over there. So 
Gotcha. And what did you do? You said you worked while you were in school. What did you do while you were in school? So I basically worked at the rec center there, um, mostly just checking people in. And it was kind of an exercise center, rec center. Um, They also had like an outdoor adventure type of thing where people could come in and rent um, tents and camping gear. And then we'd also do planned camping trips. So I worked there taking care of the gear and, <laughs> and repairing really? tents and just different things <laughs> like that. I didn't know you repaired tents. <laughs> yeah, I learned how to sew and it was pretty, oh my pretty God. interesting. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. That, is that how you kind of got your passion? Because you like to camp too, don't you? Yeah. Like, that's something you enjoy doing. Okay. Yeah. Now you know how to fix your tent if it ever has a hole in it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you now, so you did your internship with Iowa State. And so when you kind of were going, like, I I mean, we both went through Iowa State internships. Did you Mm kind of know what you wanted to to do with dietetics? I mean, you you ended up being very specialized, but Mm -hmm. how did you, like, what did you think when you were going? Because I, you know, thinking about, like you said back then, like there wasn't a lot of athletic you know, exercise science jobs. And back then too, there wasn't a lot of dietitian jobs either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So did you always kind of want to go into clinical or what was kind of your interest? You know, I really didn't, when I first started in it, I really didn't know for sure where I wanted to specialize. I was kind of thinking just general nutrition and health and wellness and that kind of stuff. Um, It wasn't until I got into my internship and got to do um, you know, the experience in the, the ICU and that kind of thing that got me interested in more of the clinical side of things. Okay. And you actually, um, when you started and did your internship, was it all at Creighton Medical Center at the time? Was all your clinical component or was it everything? For, yeah, pretty much for the most part, I did all of the components at Creighton um, minus uh, kind of the community with um, WIC was um, and Red Oak actually, I did that there. So, gotcha. So clinical kind of, it kind of got you, ICU. That was like, Ooh, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of <laughs> the challenge of it. And, um, so yeah, that was kind of my first experience. Like, wow. I don't feel like, you know, some of the classes I took for dietetics didn't always delve into it as deeply. Um, so kind of getting in that ICU and seeing how everything goes and the TPN and the tube feeding was what sparked my interest. Did you, do you remember any, was there any one particular thing in the ICU or like any particular case that really was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Like this is happening. Oh man. <laughs> I know it's a long time ago. <laughs> it is. I think, you know, Crane was a great place to have that experience with the traumas um, and just a variety of different patients that would come in from surgical trauma to, um, you know, gunshot wounds and that kind of thing. You saw so many things there and got to see so many different aspects of nutrition support, whether it was needing a 2V because they were. Um, they really didn't have any gut issues. It was more of other issues going on versus needing the TPN because there was something going on with their gut or some injury. So um, it just, yeah, I kind of think I just fell in love with it at that point. (laughs) 
So you, so it was great. So your first job, so did your internship, you passed your test and what was your first job then? Yeah. So luckily when I got through with all that, there was a dietitian going on maternity leave at Creighton. So I was able to get back on there at Creighton. They hired me for maternity leave. And it just so happened once the maternity leave was up, a dietitian was leaving to go to PA school. So I was able to get hired on full time then. That's like the best scenario, isn't yeah. it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really didn't have to go look too far. I and I didn't have did, did you have any like downtime in between your internship and, and filling in for the maternity leave or was it uh, right away? It was pretty much right away. Um I know I had I was studying for my test during that time. So they hired me on with um the dietitians that are co signing my notes. So it was pretty mm-hmm. pretty much flowed right away into That's amazing. Yeah. That's exactly what happened to me too, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with you ladies. Um, but I think that that's interesting, like for just new grads or just anybody that just be good about your internship. Like, don't mess it up because these are the people that could definitely hire you. <laughs> right. It's really a small world of community of dietitians. You know, Omaha has a lot of hospitals, but you start to realize how small the world is when you get to know know all of them and see all of them around and and so, you all end up working together at some point yeah. probably <laughs> yeah. along the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> so when you started at Creighton did you were you are did you go right into ICU or did you have to did you work in some other areas or yeah so I worked in the cardiac areas first so that that was kind of where the opening was and doing a lot of the cardiac educations and diabetic educations and started there. The cardiac critical floor would have um, some two feet on there. So I did get, get my feet wet there for experience with the nutrition support. And is that, when did you, cause you ended up looking at being certified, which I think is a really important thing that I wanted you to kind of talk about that process of becoming a sports a nutri- or because you're not a were you sports too or just the nutrition support? Just the nutrition support. Just yeah, nutrition. not saying just because it's not just that's a crazy, <laughs> yeah. crazy test and and credentialing. But when did that kind of get on your radar that you're like, hey, I might want to get a certification or get specialized? Was it early in your you know first job or was it a little bit later? I was quite a few years later. I would say, um, you know, I. I think I worked in probably every floor there was as far as cardiac med surge before I got to the ICU. Um, and mm-hmm. then we had a neonatologist come um, from Kansas City. It was originally from Kansas City, came to the Creighton. And prior to him coming, they really didn't want dietitians in the NICU. And he was used to having a dietitian in the NICU. So he wanted one of us to to come in there and help out. And so... I volunteered, whether I was crazy or not, <laughs> with no experience in neonatal nutrition. But um, that's really, I think, where I got the best experience um, learning just how to all the components of the TPN and how how to look at the labs and adjust the electrolytes. Um, so I think I was very lucky to be get that opportunity. Um, and then at the time, too, um, they allowed me to go to Baylor to they had a neonatal um, education program there for dietitians. So I was lucky enough to get to go there, spend time there and really learn a lot from their dietitians. 
I forgot about that because you you did go down there. And do they still have that program? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. That yeah, because be- it was because you went for you went for quite a few days, right? And yeah. you just like basically learned from other dietitians and physicians on like neonatal care and nutrition support. Yeah, you just got to be right there in the NICU with them and take turns kind of following the dietitians and um, very good hands-on uh, education for me. That's what we'll have to, I'll have to look to see if that's still, because like you said, you know, there really isn't any like magical, ne- like neonatal education system to learn about that mm-hmm. type of nutrition support. So I think that's an interesting tidbit. We'll have to, I'll have to look and see if we can link it up in the, in the show notes. But, um, yeah. So how was it? So I really, I, I think I was kind of like blind to the fact that you were jumping into this and doing this all like with no experience. What was it like? <laughs> <laughs> what was it like when you, like, how long do you feel like it took you to kind of feel comfortable with being in such a specialized place of nutrition? Like, and then dealing with the physicians and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was, that was probably a good year, really. I mean, before I went to Baylor, I was definitely petrified to be in there, you know, and I, I ordered books on neonatal nutrition, tried to read up as much as I could. And um, sometimes you just got to jump into it. Uh, you know, I knew I could, I knew I could learn it. It was just a matter of getting my hands on the right resources to do it. Mm-hmm. So did you, and did you have your, um, is it, it's not CNSD anymore. Is it, is it something abbreviated something else now? Yeah, it's CNSC. So when I first started in there, I did not have it. Okay. Um, but then I, you know, I want to say probably within a year then I took the test to, to go ahead and get it. Cause I felt that made me more credible to the neonatologist if I had that. And that is so tell, tell um, me about that certification because that's not through the academy at all. So it's not through the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. It's through a different entity. And what's that process? Right, really, kind of the governing body and the study materials comes from Aspen. Um, so, which is basically the American Society of Parental and Integral Nutrition. Um, so that's where I get all my study materials from and they have a journal they put out. So it's definitely, if you're, if you like nutrition support, that's definitely a good, um, resource and, and the most up, to go there and the most up to date, like information on all types of nutrition support. Right. Right. Cause yeah. it's a certification for like pharmacists can pharmacists do it and physician. I mean, like it's for all types of health professionals. Right. When I, the first year I got it, they had different tests for different um, areas. So they had one for dietitians, one directed at pharmacists, one at nurses, one at doctors. Um, I can't remember how many years it was after that, that they just changed it to one test that encompassed whether you were a pharmacist or a dietitian or a nurse practitioner, you, everyone takes the same test and gets the same designation as CNSC. Wow. Wow. See, like that is, I feel like that's, a hard, really hard test. Is it a really, I mean, is it really hard test? (laughs) It it is. (laughs) And you have to take it every five years. So it's always one of those things like, oh boy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But they probably have like good study. I mean, did you feel like the study materials that they provide you and that type of stuff prepares you for it? Yeah. And there's a lot of practice tests that you can get um, from 
aspen that are really helpful. I think the practice tests are probably the most helpful. I wonder, it'd be interesting to see how many, and I'd love to know like how many dietitians actually do this certification. Cause I, do you think it's required for most dietitians in like a nutrition support specialty um, or? I, I would say it's probably becoming required. I know in my job it's required. So that I can't say for sure in hospitals, but yeah. I would say probably if you're going to work in an intensive care unit is probably at least highly recommended. I just remember, um, any like nutrition support dietitian in our internships, I'm always like, they're like the ladies and the men that know everything. That's what I always thought about. <laughs> like I think of Sherry, like she knows everything that a dietitian yeah. could possibly know. So now I, I always thought that about you too. I'm like, oh, Kim knows everything. I need to know something. I'm just going to ask Kim. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Sherry, yeah. Sherry was a great component to really introduce me to the test and the first place. So mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. Um, so I have, to, so you did, so you had some, you had did neonatal for how long with Creighton then? So I want to say I was probably in there maybe seven to eight years. Yeah. You did that for a long time. Do you ever, do, do you miss it? Do you miss that um, inpatient kind of care like that? I do. I miss the NICU. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was, it's a whole kind of different environment, but, um, the doctors there were great. And it, it's just weird how life kind of directs you in certain directions because, you know, when I was working in the NICU, I was pregnant at the time and went into labor early and had my babies early. <laughs> yes. You're so pregnant with think, twins. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think then, you know, it, that experience being in the NICU, it wasn't so scary for me. You know, I can only imagine if, you know, your first experience in the NICU is in labor early with your kids, how scary that is, but, and knowing all the doctors. So it's just kind of funny how life works out that way. But it is, I feel that way too about your situation. Cause like you, could you imagine like your first babies and you were like, Oh my gosh. And they're going to be in the NICU. And you had already like spent, I mean, you spent every day, all day in the NICU, physically in the NICU with the babies and with yeah. the doctor. So you had a very good exposure to what life is like when it comes to that. Yeah. And you know, it's good to know all those, all the doctors and you just know you can trust them. So they would, you know, you'd be in there with the babies and they'd come up and ask you if this was okay or that. And I'm like, I'm not a dietitian today. I'm just a mom. I'm just a mom. I yeah, that's, you guys. <laughs> that's kind of true. You probably had to take off your, you're like, I am a mom right now. I'm not a dietitian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so interesting. And you, yeah. so after, after you kind of, cause you, you still stayed working at Creighton after you had your babies for a little while, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. And so yeah. stayed working at the NICU. And then kind of what, yeah. what happened in life that kind of changed things around a little bit? So I, you know, I drive an hour to work and then an hour from work. So there was an opportunity to work closer to home. So um, I kind of took that opportunity to see how that would go um, with my kids being smaller and everything. So mm -hmm. I went to work for a while for the VA, which was the outpatient clinic that was 
a lot closer to where I live. Um, and did that for about it. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of going back to, um, nutrition counseling, um, whether it be weight loss or cardiac or diabetic and those kind of things. Um, and about a year out from that, I just really missed the nutrition support aspect of it and knew I wanted to get back into that. Um, so a job did come up, um, an outpatient infusion. So, and I went for that and luckily got that job. It meant going back to driving a lot, but, um, that's where I'm at now. (laughs) So you're back to driving. So I get used to it back to driving, but that's okay. So, so then now, you know, going from Creighton to being on the inpatient side of nutrition support. Now I'm on that the outpatient side of nutrition support, which has been a lot of fun because I get to see more follow through. I get to follow my patients for a long period of time and really get to know them. So, And I think it's interesting because I don't feel like at home infusion and nutrition support was really a thing like 10 years ago. Do you kind of feel like it's evolved in the yeah. past few years to be something that's more? I def- definitely. Yeah. I think, infusions of any kind really of with insurance and how they drive things i it's become bigger as far as just you know nutrition antibiotics all kinds of things that they're trying to get people out of the hospital sooner and into the home um so definitely if people are capable of it i think it's a good thing to be at home and it's kind of mind-boggling when you think of iv nutrition at home yeah (laughs) it's kind of a scary thing but um it's really amazing how We've got, you know, 10 year olds that are more than competent to take care of everything. Really. It's just amazing how they do at home and adapt to it at home. So what, so tell me like what a day looks like for you. So you work for a business. So you, you have, do you work out of your home or do you have an office that you go to? Cause I'm sure that can be, if you're on the road a lot, like how does that work? Yeah. So I have an office that I go to and we have a pharmacist, a compounding pharmacy there. So they make all of the TPNs in a clean room there. So, you know, start my day. I have a list of patients that I check on, which is a lot of my checking on patients is over the phone and interviewing them over the phone. Um, also tracking down their labs and looking at their labs to see what those look like. So we can decide what we're going to do with their TPN formula. Um, we have new patients that are coming out of the hospital. So we rely on referrals from the different hospitals. Um, then I, I'll sometimes go up and meet the patients in the hospital room. Our nurses will go up there with and, and do teaching and kind of get them ready to go home on TPN. <laughs> so interesting. And it's interesting, like, so then do you kind of follow, do you go into their homes later? Like, do you do home visits then as well and see how they're doing with their with their nutrition support? Yeah, I can. I don't do a ton of home visits, but... Um, cause insurance isn't really good about covering that. Um, but a lot of times <laughs> they will still let me, okay. <laughs> still let me go if I feel like I need to. Um, so yeah, we can, I can definitely go in the home and do assessments if I need that kind of the eyes on assessment of a patient. Gotcha. And so basically you kind of work out of a building, you, do you get labs? Do you get to order labs? Like, how does that work? Do you have to have, I'm sure you have to have a physician, obviously put the order or sign that order off, but do you get to say, Hey, I want to order these labs. Can you do that? 
Right. Yep. So the, yep, we'll say a lot of the physicians are great. And, um, you know, I think medical school is getting better at teaching <laughs> their, the students about overall nutrition. So as you can see, it's getting better, but they do rely on us heavily to say, what kind of labs do we need? So we do basic labs as far as electrolytes and those kind of things, um, at least every week, if not more often, um, just depends on the patient. And then I do kind of micronutrient labs less frequently, which should be basically all of your vitamins and trace minerals. Um, since long term, those kind of things can really become an issue. Um, we have patients that are on TPN, you know, 15 plus years. Really? So it definitely can be a challenge there. Yeah. I didn't think that was possible. I thought they didn't like doing TPN for a long period of time. Yeah. Has that changed? Um, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are deaf, you know, most of them are kind of short bowel for one reason or another. They've had a disease process that they've had to have most of their bowel removed and can't absorb nutrients. So they can eat for pleasure, but unfortunately, that just kind of goes right on through them, which can wreak havoc on their electrolytes and everything. So um, what we try to do is get them like on a cyclic TPN that's overnight and give their liver and body a break from it during the day. Oh, okay. Um, and then they they can kind of eat for pleasure during the day. And that helps their, basically their liver is what we worry about first. Um and so that really helps keep their liver function tests under control to be able to cycle it and give them a break from it. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then there's there's new lipid or fat that they put in the TPN now that is a lot better. Um, it's more omega-3 based and less inflammatory. Um, so that's helped a lot to see that that kind of preserve the liver function, I guess you'd say. What was What was it before? <laughs> I don't even know. So, yeah, it was mostly a, a soybean type of omega-6 oh. blend of, of oil, which would over time it was hard on your liver. And now they've got um, basically an all fish oil type of um, emulsion huh. um, that we just got approved for kids. And then they do have a mixture also of kind of MCT oil, olive oil, fish oil, um, that's approved for adults. So, so interesting. Um, those have been really helpful. Yeah, that's really interesting. Just for, like you said, to preserve the liver. It's kind of like I've heard, yeah. um, like I've heard of inter, like intermittent uh, dialysis too. So maybe that's kind of like all this mm -hmm. intravenous stuff. They're kind of starting to realize like a little bit on, a little bit off can help preserve yeah. like systems and stuff. Interesting. So okay. do you have any patients yeah. that you... I'm sure you probably have struggles with patients too, just like what you said, like pleasure eating, throwing off electrolytes. Do, do you probably have to stay pretty up on everybody pretty regularly if they're long-term? Yeah, there's a lot that struggle, which I would struggle too. If you're really, you know, not most of them have, have ostomies because of their the issues they have with their bowels. So then when they eat, then they just have a ton out their ostomy, which also pulls their electrolytes out. And so, um, de it's definitely a struggle to get them to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, some of them have enough. If they follow the correct diet, they can kind of get by. Some of them don't have hardly any bowel at all. Um, so there is that, that I usually talk to everyone weekly, if not more often. 
um, just to kind of keep track of them and make sure they're doing okay. Um, do you get, do I, you get I, some have, good, uh, stories and people that just want to chat? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got certain ones that you just got to set aside. The yeah. Time I was like, you have to like block off time. Be like, okay, we're going to talk to Fred today and it's going to be an hour of conversation. <laughs> Exactly. And some of them, it just depends how old they are, but some of them, you know, you get, you basically talk to their caregivers and, and not the patients. And then the caregivers like to kind of go through all their, (laughs) their ailments too with you. And so you start counseling them as well, but (laughs) you're still like a nutrition therapist, therapist, like, I feel like that's, and it's so funny, like you are doing nutrition support, you know, you're not having in-person, you know, conversations with them, but they still see you as like their doctor or like their, like their therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. So, and that's why before, you know, most of our our patients, we do do some home starts where we start them in the home. Um, and those are mostly coming, um, unfortunately cancer patients or Mm -hmm. those kind of things that are kind of malnourished and we can't start them in the home. Um, most of them come out of the hospital. So I do like to try to get so they can see my face at least once. So they know who they're talking to on the phone. Yeah. That's kind of, I think that's a good idea. I'd like to know who you were if I was talking to you all the time, like it just connection with a, with a human. Yeah. Right. But I mean, that's what's what I love about going from the inpatient to the outpatient side is you know, I've worked where I'm at for almost seven years now. And you, so you really get to know people, you get to know their families, you get to know their lives. And it's just really kind of fun to talk to them. I have one patient, she's been on TPN for about two years. She's finally graduating off of it, um, which is awesome. She's going to um, college this fall. It's just those kind of things are so fun to see that she's, you know, kind of getting a chance to move forward with her life when she didn't know if she would ever be able to. So that's, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. And to know that you had a part in that too, like how much like the nutrition support aspect is part of that equation when it comes to these people's health. Right. You think, oh, I've talked to her for the last two years, every week. This is going to be so weird. Not that would be, you know, because you kind of build that relationship. Yeah, that really would be. yeah, that would. And you probably kind of feel like mama bear too, in a way, especially with like her, just because she is a younger individual. You're probably like, yes. I have kids. I, I know like, how this is. I know. <laughs> like, call me. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to call it. Be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. So when you think about yeah. um, just, I think it's funny how you have always had that pull to nutrition support. But it's not something that mm-hmm. is a straightforward path in our field. So if you would have right. some advice for, say, a dietitian that is interested in it or wants to kind of get their feet wet to see if it's something that they should pursue, what would be like your, I mean, I'd, I, you probably want to be like, hey, just volunteer for a neonatal NICU dietitian <laughs> and <Yeah>. good luck. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> looking back on your years as a dietitian, because it's been how many years that you've been a dietitian? Oh my goodness, eight <laughs> yourself. I think almost twenty. <laughs> I'm, I'm eighteen, so it's got to be pretty close to. I was going to say nineteen. 
At least 20 or more. (laughs) (laughs) What would be your, your wise wisdom for an individual that's maybe kind of thinking, you know, maybe they're already in a clinical position or they're thinking about specializing? What would be your advice? I think definitely hands-on being able to get in to, to ICUs or into an area that's heavily populated, you know, inpatient-wise with patients that have nutritional issues, um, GI issues. Definitely just being immersed in that, being able to read charts and learn the anatomy and, you know, follow a dietitian that's been, has the experience so that you can kind of learn how those electrolytes go. Pharmacists as well are great references, especially in hospitals. They do a lot of the electrolyte managements. So be, to be able to shadow um, the nutrition support pharmacist would be a, a huge help in that area. Do you, did you, we had one at Creighton, didn't we? We had, did someone do it? Yeah. 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 Yep. And did you work with them as well? Yeah, we did. You know, when I was first in that, adult ICU, we had a nutrition support team that made up um, a pharmacist, doctor, dietitian. Unfortunately, that kind of fizzled out and went away. Um, some, some hospitals are bringing that back. I hope that that becomes the norm in most hospitals because I think that's for a nutrition support patient to have that kind of collaboration between the doctors and the pharmacists and the dietitian is huge. It's so important too. I think you're right. And I think you're right. Like if you have to just Tag, well, someone could tag along with you. I don't know if it'd be very exciting, but just to kind of get that exposure to like what goes into, like you said, electrolytes and the nutrition support of the gut and the anatomy. Like I would never even think about, hey, you should probably know some anatomy, <laughs> you know, like that's something that yeah, I don't feel like yeah. is, is maybe it is now. When I went to school, it was not. I mean, we all took anatomy, but it wasn't like, hey, this is all the stuff about tube feedings and this is all the different places that can be placed and all the technology. Right. It's yeah. And I think being where I'm at now, I, I feel like I've learned a lot. I don't do a lot with tube feeding because we do have dietitians that just do the tube feeding. Um, and I just do the TPN part, but it always crosses over because sometimes you have patients on both and, um, just, yeah, like you said, getting the experience of learning the different kinds of tubes and, um, even with the ostomies, you know, if they have a G-tube that's draining, this is what they're going to lose. And this is what you need to look for for your electrolytes versus a, a jejunostomy tube. They're going to lose a whole different set of electrolytes and, and different things like that. It's really beneficial to kind of really delve into that. I, I do have to ask you just your opinion. Like, what do you think about I think probiotics has become like a big thing when it comes to like gut health. And with, I didn't know if there was like probiotics in tube feedings or if that's been a thing or if that's even on the radar. Yeah, they're definitely, you're seeing a lot more of that. I think it is very beneficial. I think, I mean, there's still a lot of research to be done on for which disease state, which um, strains are going to be helpful, mm-hmm. but I do think it's going to get bigger. Um, we see a lot more of that in the tube feeds. I think we're seeing a lot more of the organic type of tube feeds, um, whole foods, those kind of things. Um, a lot of our pediatric patients are wanting to make their own tube feeds. Mm-hmm. So that's always kind of a challenge there. A lot of the moms want to have more natural type of foods and have more control over what's going into the into their kids, of course. Mm-hmm. And so 
kind of guiding them on how to get the right nutrition in that tube feeding is is kind of a challenge. But yeah, that would be I think that's going to be a, a yeah, definitely a bigger thing as uh, time goes on to to kind of see that emerge. Um, a lot of our cancer patients are more interested in making their own tube feeds or some of those kind of whole foods type of things. Are they like getting a Vitamix at home and just blending up food? Is that kind of what? Some of them yeah. do. Yeah. Yep. They blend up their own. They kind of strain it out. Huh. Um, the challenge with that is making sure the tube doesn't clog because sometimes they don't get it thin enough and blended good enough. So that's crazy. And that's so opposite yeah. from when I was in, in clinical. It's like, nope, you got to stick to like medical formulas and, you know. Yes. <laughs> we're not like, exactly. even on the, that was not allowed. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is so true. And now you do see, um, you know, Nebraska Medicine, they have a lot of the transplant program there and a lot of the pediatric patients there that, you know, you'll kind of see a range of different things they do, which is great to have such a research hospital nearby. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot from what they do there. So. Well, yeah, because you would be interconnected with referrals from them as well. Right. Do you have a wide, you have a very large range of like coverage area that you probably serve? Yeah, we are Iowa, Nebraska. I've gotten, I feel like I could probably be a greeter at the hospitals now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you where to, most, most of the hospitals around the area, I could probably tell you where to go. <laughs> well, that's good to know. If I ever need you for a resource. So that's, <laughs> you need to know where radiology is or whatever we've probably been there to see a tube feeder patient or so so yeah you're you're on the road a lot then i'm sure yeah but it's it gives a variety which is nice so you're not always in the office but you kind of get to go out you see patients we do ce webinars and different things for dietitians to get them ce credits and that kind of thing so do you think this is so you get to know a lot of the dietitians? Well, and- yeah, just ones that you work with in the in the facilities. Do you foresee like this role that you're in um, being like a kind of an up and coming dietitian position that people should kind of look for? Definitely. I think, you know, again, with insurance kind of driving people to get out of the hospital sooner if you're interested in two beings or TPN and nutrition support. I think it'll definitely be, um, you know, a lot more patients at home on that kind of therapy. That's really cool. That's really cool. And you're happy. Yeah. 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 As happy as you can be when you have to work. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, if I was on a beach somewhere. That would be a little better, but maybe someday <laughs> yeah. you can phone it. Like your office could be a beach and you could phone it in. <laughs> Who knows? Yes. Yes. <laughs> And I, I feel like our, we are pretty flexible. I mean, I can't, I do have a laptop, so I'm pretty mobile as far as a laptop and an iPhone and everything that you have to have nowadays that, you know, if the weather is horrible and I can't make it in, um, I can still work from home. So, nice. which is nice to have that. I think technology helps a lot to kind of make us more mobile and be able to work from different areas and be more creative, <laughs> which is good. We all need more of that in our lives to make our jobs easier. That's for sure. Yes, definitely. Look, I'm just, it's so fun to talk to you and catch up with you. There's so much everybody that's listening. Kim has is 
has taught me so much about nutrition support. I've forgotten it all, but (laughs) (laughs) she taught me a lot. (laughs) And when she was on maternity leave, you've never seen um, some backup dietitians about falling out of their chair because we had no idea what we were doing. (laughs) But we tried. But you are a fantastic resource for just kind of when I think of nutrition support, I think of you all the time. So I will definitely, if you don't mind, I will probably put your email in the show notes if people want to reach out to you, if they have a question about nutrition support. Oh, definitely. You are my nutrition support guru. So, (laughs) yeah, definitely. I'd be happy to, you know, especially students trained to kind of get out there and what do they want to do and it's, you know, there's a, a big range of things you can do as a dietitian. This is one thing I really loved and I'd be happy to help anybody that's interested. Awesome. You're awesome. Okay. Are you, have, are you ready for some hard questions? <laughs> sure. Oh, I no. know. Everyone says like, these are the hard questions. I'm like, they, they aren't. They're like the easy questions, but these are fun. So <laughs> tell me or share with me some of your favorite foods that you enjoy. All right. So my indulgence would probably be because I live in a small town, so there's not a lot of choices (laughs) to go out to fancy, but Casey's pizza is like a treat for me. So good. If no one's from the Midwest, it's a gas station, basically. It's like a... Yeah. And they have really delicious pizza. So I would agree with you on that. Yeah. I would have to say that <laughs> would be my indulgence when once in a while. That's so. a good, I'm sure the kids love it when you get pizza. Yeah, that and ch- anything chocolate would would work. I remember <laughs> that about you and chocolate. I remember I was th- I was telling yeah. someone about the cookies at Creighton, and I'm like, oh my god, I think I ate my weight in cookies at Creighton. This yeah, those things were yeah. good. <laughs> Um, share with yeah. me beverage or beverages that you enjoy. You know, we went to the De- Wisconsin Dells last summer with the mm-hmm. kids and to survive the water park. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we had pina coladas. And so that is like my summer indulgence. We just had made some, a couple, I guess it was for the 4th of July. So that yeah. was, that's like kind of like good. Yeah. Refreshing. It gets you through. Refreshing. It gets you through the Wisconsin when it's 100 yeah. degrees. <laughs> yeah. Like it is right now. I, you're going to have to have one this weekend because I think it's supposed to be 100 degrees this weekend. So you might have to whip out yes. your blender. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, share with me if maybe your favorite center smells. Hmm. I know. It's kind of a weird question. question. But. <laughs> I always say my, my mom has a lilac bush, so I always love when I go to her house and it's, you know, it's blooming, smelling that. So I can say that for sure. That's so good. Yeah. That's like my favorite. That's a, yeah. I, I actually. And probably coffee. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> coffee in the morning. That's probably good too. <laughs> is, that, is that part of Kim's morning is like coffee first? That's part yeah. of my morning. Yes. <laughs> I know. I've I've really grown to like coffee as an older individual. So the smell, yeah. it's like popcorn. I don't know. There's something yes. about the smell that just is delicious. Yes. Um, favorite <laughs> color or colors? Um, 
You know what? I I was just thinking about this the other day. When I look at my wardrobe, it's unfortunately very gray and black, <laughs> which is not good. Your color. But I probably when I when I get colorful, I would say probably orange, but that's more probably because our school colors here when my kids play sports. There's orange and black. Sure. So. That's how you mix it up. You throw in like a school t-shirt every once that's, in a while. Yeah. You throw in some orange in there to, to perk things I like up. Orange. So yeah, I I can see you. I mean, like I always think that we have colors that maybe we don't wear all the time, but we really are kind of like drawn to them. So yeah. you just need to add a little splash of orange with your gray and your black. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm the same way. Don't worry. I looked at my closet and it's all black gray white and then there's like a pink or red shirt in there every once yeah. in a while so yeah yeah <laughs> i can break up with everything you can't you can't screw it they up do. it's just <laughs> it's, e- it's easy in the yeah, morning <laughs> for sure and why don't you share with me what brings you joy i would say my kids and just watching their activities and getting to go to those things with them and Please share your kids' names and their ages right now. Yeah. So Dawson's at oldest. He's 14. And Nicole and Brody are 12. I cannot believe you have a teenager, first and foremost. And preteen. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Preteen, ready to get his school permit. Oh, <laughs> drive. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Still on the fence. Very yeah. scary. <laughs> Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, I have absolutely loved learning more about you. I mean, we spent how many years together and I didn't know half of this stuff. So this is fantastic (laughs) to get that background story to you, Kim. And thank you so much for sharing it. Yeah, definitely. It was fun. I'm so glad I was able to have my missing piece of the puzzle of my original dietitian crew that I started working with. And I was so lucky to work with her at that beginning part of my career. She taught me a lot about nutrition support, and she was, and I'm sure she still is, a complete wealth of knowledge. The Baylor College of Medicine program is still available, if that's something that you're interested, as well as some advanced fellowships that they offer. I've included the link for this and the nutrition support certification link in the show notes. And please reach out to Kim if you have any questions about being a nutrition support dietitian. My website, annelizabethardy.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great nutrition experts. My book is also available to purchase on my website, and there are now 15 CEUs approved for self-study through the CDR. You can purchase those on the website too. I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters. <laughs>